his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Mark Reardon. All the spending, all the regulating, turning off the oil and gas bigots, all these things that chickens have come on the roost. The Mark Reardon Show. You can lead a man to the presidency, but you can't make him think. He'll be gotten gains. Of Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. This is the Mark Reardon Show. I had to, sometimes I have to ask questions that are pretty obvious, and I asked Abby, I said, was that an open, a show open that I've heard before? Because I rather like that one. Any Anything that has, like, Senator Kennedy in it, I think I like quite a well, bit. Well, yeah, he's entertaining. I do have, here, as we get started here, let me just do this. Uh, how are you, Sue? I am fine, thank you. How about yourself? Uh, I'm pretty good. Let me Just because it's on the theme of what the open was, this is KJP. Just bear with it here. Wait for it, wait for Curious it. Curious question, though. Why is why is the American military shooting something out of the sky over Canada? Because it's part of a NORAD. There is a, the NORAD is part of like a part of a it's a it's a what you call a coalition, a consortium, a, consortium. a pact, so, of nations. A pact okay. exactly. And so that's why we were able to do that. She had no idea what she was saying. Wait, it happens though. Sue. I was going to say I do that no, a I lot, we, so I we talk for anything. a living. So I, I get it. Uh, well, let me start with some sad news here this afternoon, and that's the passing of Tim McCarver. Um, that word came no. down just a couple hours ago. Yeah, it was right after one o'clock, I think, oh, that the, uh, the news came down. And I loved Tim McCarver. I loved him as a player. I loved him as a broadcaster. I loved him as a Cardinals broadcaster when he came back a few years ago. And I thought he and Danny Did were well great together, together yeah. which in, in a weird way is kind of rough to talk about from a variety of perspectives because they had a great chemistry. And yeah, I would say... Maybe I'm misremembering this, but was he, I'd have to check, was he on that COVID year or not? Because I think what happened was, is he backed off at that point because of his age and he was worried about traveling. I right? don't so remember. I, that, I think it might have been, right. might have been the year before that, but he's been away from broadcasting. We really haven't heard from him much. He was 81 years old. Um, oh. The death announced by the National Baseball League Hall of Fame. He died this morning in Memphis, Tennessee, when he was with his family. And I, I love this. This was a tweet that Ken Rosenthal sent out. Um i got to make sure that I tweet, that I cite it correctly here. Ah, darn it. Where's the Ken Rosenthal tweet? He says that, um, ah, let me pull it up because I don't want to misrepresent this. And it was it was really good. It was about Jim Cott, who um, is another legendary baseball player. And he said that he was with him last night. Jim Cott did. Oh. Uh, hang on, Sue. I'll, I'll get it here. I, what I've been doing with these a lot is 
just taking screen captures and you know, then I have them in my iPad. Apparently, I did not do that oh, with this one here. Don't you love that? Do you uh, want me to look it up? Tell no, me because what? I don't think. Um, I've oh, here it is. So okay. Jim Cotton said, Tim McCarver's it's professional radio, ladies and gentlemen. Tim McCarver's <laughs> good friend and former teammate Jim Cott was with him last night, telling him as if they were still playing. Remember, one's a fastball, two's a curve. Aww. Cott said it was an honor to be at his side. Oh, and, uh, God. Ken wrote a great column uh, at The Athletic, which I'm paywalled out at, <laughs> so I have to cheat and get someone else to sign in. I was talking about this today. I subscribe to so many things, and I meet the paywall, and I'm tempted to subscribe again, but um, it's uh, – wow, I pay for a lot of these things right now. So that that's sad. We'll, we'll cover that a little bit more as we move on, but obviously some strong ties here to St. Louis. He, um, well, let's just play a little Tim McCarver here. Spending 18 years with Joe Buck. Two years with his dad, game six of the 2011 World Series was the same as game six of the 1991 World Series. Jack Buck said, we'll see you tomorrow night, and Joe Buck said, we'll see you tomorrow night, 20 years later. And then on the Jack Buck front, you know, they worked together quite a bit. CBS Sports presents Major League Baseball. has turned out to be a lovely afternoon here in Pittsburgh as the first place Pirates take on the last place Cardinals. I'm Jack Buck with Tim McCarver. And Tim, do you think it's going to be Pittsburgh and Cincinnati? I, I think it will be. I think the one thing that makes... Another great broadcasting team. So again, Aww. Tim McCarver, who spent 21 years as a catcher from 59 to 1980 and then many years as a broadcaster, died at the age of 81. Um... You know what? I don't. Can I borrow that thing right there? I'm like sure. disheveled this afternoon, Sue. So I don't yeah, have the no uh, the program sheet or anything like that. Let me kind of run down what we're going to do here in the near term, at least. Chris Elston is going to be back with us. Chris is Billboard Chris. We had him on last week in the aftermath of the whistleblower report. Sue, I think you missed that on Thursday. I did. When, when Chris actually. was on. Chris is from Canada, and he's gone on a mission to expose some of this stuff. And he has another whistleblower report from uh, across the pond, which I think people will find interesting on the sports front, you know, there's this question about Valley Sports Midwest and uh, bankruptcy. And Rob Manford, the Major League Baseball Commissioner, kind of weighed in and said, hey, don't worry, we're going to make sure that people don't miss their games. But there are implications for the Cardinals and for other teams across the country. Patrick Risch, who is with the uh, Washington University Sports Business Program, is going to join us a little bit later this hour. Oh, I don't know. Are you talking like they would file or are you saying it would go bye-bye? We well, that's, that's the concern. That's what he's going to no, talk they're gonna, about. They're going to declare bankruptcy. The Holy question is cow. what happens next, and it, does someone swoop in? That's what I'm going to ask Patrick about because I, I was at the – you know, I went to this thing last night, which was awesome, yeah. on the Mizzou um, name, image, and likeness. Uh, spent a little time with uh, Nick Garner, who is the guy that's running the what's called the collective, right? And, uh, by the way, it got – some time with Coach Gates last night, Coach Drink, and uh, the new athletic director. Well, I don't even think she's that new. Desiree Francois at Mizzou. She's been there for you a little while. Her? I liked her a lot. But people were asking me about this last night. You know, what What are the implications? And I have, well, this is pretty typical. I have no answers. So I thought, let's find out. And that's Good why idea. I invited Patrick to come on. Uh, Jazz Shaw will be with us a little bit later this afternoon at 5.07. He's got some great stuff on the balloon comments and also on a variety of topics, including Ohio. And then Carmine Marcino, who is the Lee County Sheriff. We had a great interview with Carmine right before, I think it was right around the holidays in the aftermath of what happened down in Florida. Lee County is where Fort Myers is. And even though we kind of brought him on to talk about the hurricane recovery, he got into some pretty hardcore law enforcement stuff. He was a great guest. A lot of you listening 
indicated that on Twitter and reached out, so we have him coming back. Uh, let me get into some audio here as we start the show. Did you hear what Don Lemon said today? You're going to no. love this. Oh, Sue. Okay. This is great. I'm so glad that you haven't heard this yet, all right? All right. Keep your microphone on. Don't turn your microphone off, and maybe you can just react in real time here. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's talk? Not acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say twenties, oh. thirties, and forties. <laughs> what was he thinking? Uh, let's do that. By the way, I mean, he might be right about that. When, but I. That's the better question. What was he thinking? What was he, he thinking? And she's right. For what? The prime for what? When is a woman in her prime? What does what that even mean? A woman's prime is between the ages of 28 and 45. Oh. Well, she's still, she's 41, so she's still there. He yeah. was wrong about yeah, that. A woman's prime. best reproductive years are oh. her 20s. Fertility gradually declines. Well, I mean, yeah. What are you talking about? The prime in what? Exactly. Right? That was a I'd very say logical question. When it, when it comes to uh, your professional life, I would argue that the prime comes in the 40s and the 50s. I would agree. Right? Especially the upper 40s, right yes. around that. That's when you're kind of peeking out. So I, <laughs> I thought in... Poppy Harlow, and I think it was Caitlin Collins. I'd have to think about that because Don Lemon's in some trouble. There's a part of me, and I think people might think I'm joking about this. I'm not joking about it. There's a part of me that thinks that he said something that dumb because he wants to get fired or he wants to get moved off that show because they moved him from the evenings until the right. mornings. He's and got an issue. Working. He's already got an HR. Well, it's not working. The ratings are bad. He's already got an HR issue that came up a few weeks ago where there are reports, and the New York Post got into this with um, – Screaming at Allison Camerata. Yeah, like, that was uh, bad. Apparently, that happened Don't after you, a show. I think it's possible that he's on edge because of all that and is uncomfortable and is saying stuff that he normally wouldn't say. Well, maybe he normally would say that, but you know what I mean? It puts you on the edge and you don't, you're not yeah. comfortable and you say stuff. Well, I, boy, I thought the co-host used great restraint in not reacting yes, to yes. that. And let's face it, if if one of the if, if somebody on Fox said that, by the way, Can about you imagine? The, the New York Times that have a front page story on yes. it right now. Misogyny, mm-hmm. bigotry. Look at the uh, backwards ass Fox people. So I don't think we'll hear much more about that. Now I like to I have an equal opportunity uh, person who picks on other people. I'm yes. a bully, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, not really. But I, I would have to address this a little bit. So Nikki Haley's out there. She she announces this with video a couple of days ago. I just have to be honest. I don't think this campaign is going anywhere. I, I really don't know what it's about. Um, I like her story and everything. I have nothing against her. I don't really anticipate that this is going to be something that lands her maybe even on a ticket. It could be wrong. Look, I'm the guy that didn't think Trump why, had a Why do you say that? Why, you, you just... I, I just think the competition is just too stiff out there. And, and it's not because she's a, a woman, but when you have... People that have, whether it's Pompeo or Ron DeSantis or some of the others that have better resumes when it comes to the White House. Having said that, I don't know. I was Who knows say- what people are going to be attracted to? I, I really don't know. And she's trying to emphasize younger and, uh, well, that's where we lead into this. Okay, let me let me get into this because she's slamming Biden for the age. Let's not forget that it's not just you know Republicans that are bringing up the age thing. This is James Carville. It's pretty clear that he intends to run, but... You know, nothing, you can always change your mind. And I I think the age issue is going to be huge. 
could we please find somebody under 75 to be our president? Just, just <laughs> put a part of it. So I think that that's maybe a general sentiment, if you will. But here's Nikki Haley on the situation with the president being old and old politicians. First of all, we've got too many politicians in D.C. that are past their prime. We have to have term limits in Congress. We need to see competency tests for any elected official over the age of 75. That, I mean... One more here. When people send someone to Washington, they need to know they're at the top of their game. That's why I think those competency tests are important. We can't have someone like Joe Biden who's asleep at the wheel. Okay, now that's just dumb, right? We're not going to I'm all for trying to skew the age lower. And we pick the people who are best maybe suited for that, even though we failed miserably a couple of years ago. But to have some sort of competency test for for people of that age, that's just dumb. And I'm going to kind of make fun of that. So I'm not disqualifying her, disqualifying her for president because of that. But uh, Kurt well, Schlichter I, um, went off on her on on town hall today. Sue, you were going to say I was going to say you can uh, you have to do that to get your driver's license. I think over a certain age, you have to take it again. I, I think she's just trying to emphasize the point that we can't have the the Biden revisited. That's all I think. Uh, there are conservatives that have gone, and I wouldn't do this, but I'll just read you what Kurt Schlichter said on town hall. And, and he compared her to Kamala Harris, which I think is a little harsh. Ooh. Nikki's everything wrong with her party. Kamala is Hillary Light, slightly less bitter, a lot dumber, but just as insincere. Uh, Nikki is Jeb in a skirt. Jeb is Jeb Bush. You know, basically, yeah. uh, that didn't go very well for Republicans the year that Trump won. Uh, temperamentally establishment and soft, but much more ambitious and cunning than the human puffball who begged us to please clap as he awaited what he would uh, expect it to become a coronation. That was Jeb. Vapid, overrated, unaccomplished despite her credentials. Nikki Haley is the Peter Principle personified, a tiresome, empty pantsuit whose pure and shameless ambition compensates for her lack of talent. Now, that's pretty harsh. Who right? did that again? Who Kurt Schlichter, who is a conservative um, on wow. townhall.com. So I think that w- where the opposition is going to be for Nikki, and this is, I-, I think, the comparison, even though he went way overboard on this, and I wouldn't say, I think she's going to be deemed a little bit too establishment. She's got a great story, but the, the party has moved away from the Jeb Bush the establishment politicians, clearly we've seen that. So uh, they're going to try to tag Ron DeSantis with that being establishment, of too. Of course. But we'll, we'll see where the campaign It's early. It's so, and you so don't know where early. people are going to connect. That's just what I mean. The one thing about Nikki Haley and that she has that some of the other candidates don't have is she's got likability. And there's mm-hmm. a lot to be said about likability mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the people that don't have likability, let's think about somebody. Uh, Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton are not going to go very far when it comes to national elections. So will people... Well, maybe she's just got a lot to prove, and, and maybe she's not as uh, vapid as Kurt Schlichter would indicate. But we'll see where this all takes us. I got a lot more here when it comes to audio and other stuff as we get through the afternoon. I should remind you also that because it's Friday tomorrow, we have a roundtable. Heck of a panel, too. Jane Duker, former Illinois Congressman Rodney Davis, and Ben Samuels, who's a former congressional candidate. He'll be on the, uh, the lefty side. He's a newbie, so we'll break him in tomorrow. Chris Elston, known as Billboard Chris on the whistleblower at WashU, and another one that has just come out is coming up next. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We have, uh, I just, sometimes I think I just have to be honest about the situation and trying to fake people out is not oh, the best. I think the that's best always the best. We policy. just have this phone system here at this uh, station in Odyssey, St. Louis, that is so undependable and reliable. And sometimes when guests are trying to call us, they can't reach us. And then when we call guests, th- something goofy happens. So Chris Elston, who is going to be my guest, just tweeted out, going live in two minutes with Mark Reardon on the radio in St. Louis discussing the whistleblower. And then Abby comes in right after that and says, I can't get a hold of Chris. because, <laughs> and, and I promise you it's because of the uh, Canadian the right? situation. Yeah, so uh, I don't even know what to do at this point. I well, have to tell you maybe this. it's because, I, and I don't know that he's back in Canada. He was here, but maybe it is because he's back up in Canada and we got some issue with that. I don't know. I did not realize that you could even reboot a phone system, but we do it a lot here. Did you know that was possible? I did not. I suppose it makes sense because everything is sort of done on the computer now, yeah, right? I guess so. But when she said that, I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> so, so is that what they're doing? I don't know. Hopefully not. They had to do that yesterday. Surely it will hold for 24 hours. Okay. Well. Uh, she's shrugging and saying, no, can't get him. Oh, my gosh. This is so crazy. Okay. Well. Maybe we should reboot Abby. Oh, God love her. Let me um, let me shift then. I guess I got to shift here and figure something out because I was all prepared to, to just go right into um, to to that. All right, let's talk about J.K. Rowling. Then we're going to talk about this anyway because Chris was coming on. But the um, there's a group of New York Times contributors and celebrities that sent a letter to the New York Times complaining about their coverage of trans issues uh, and. This happened on the same day or really within a couple of days of when there was somebody that wrote a piece, Pamela Paul is her name, who wrote this piece in defense of J.K. Rowling. Now, J.K. Rowling has been called a turf because she believes that biological women do not have penises and vice versa. And she has stood up for women's rights in particular. And here's what uh, this woman, Pamela Paul, wrote in The New York Times. And I'll kind of get back to the complaints in a second. She said, in 2020, the Leaky Cauldron was one of the biggest Harry Potter fan sites. And it claimed that Rowling had endorsed harmful and disproven beliefs about what it means to be a transgender person, letting members know it would avoid featuring quotes from photos. Oh, I'm sorry, from and photos of the author. Other critics have advocated that bookstores pull her books from shelves and some bookstores have done so. She has also been subjected to verbal abuse, doxing and threats of sexual and other physical violence, including death threats. So she kind of goes through the background here and says, 
The campaign, do we have Chris? Yeah, we got him. The campaign against Rowling is as dangerous as it is absurd. The brutal stabbing of Salman Rushdie last summer is a forceful reminder of what can happen when writers are demonized. And it goes into the the fact that why would someone accuse J.K. Rowling of transphobia? Surely Rowling must have played some part, you might think. And this columnist in the New York Times, and they're getting such blowback about this, she says the answer is straightforward because she has asserted the right to spaces for biological women only, such as domestic abuse shelters and sex segregated prisons, because she has insisted that when it comes to determining a person's legal gender status, self-declared gender identity is insufficient because she has expressed skepticism about phrases like people who menstruate in reference to biological women because she's defended herself and far more important, supported others, including detransitioners and feminist scholars who have come under attack from trans activists and because she followed on Twitter and praised some of the work of Magdalene Burns, a lesbian feminist who had made incendiary comments about transgender people. So she even goes on to say nothing she has said qualifies as transphobic. You know, if you do anything like this topic we're about to do with Chris Elston. It's transphobic, according to the trans community. So let's kind of segue into that. I didn't really get the chance to follow up, but this letter that they sent to the New York Times is just absolutely hilarious. It really is. They're all worried that they're giving, boy, don't give the other side to a story. Don't do that, New York Times. You have to affirm, affirm, affirm. If someone comes in and they think they're a, you know, an animal, which happened at Wash U, you put them on hormones. They're going to be fine. Everything's fine. Chris Elston, are you there this afternoon? I am here. Thank you so much for having me. So sorry that we had problems. We have uh, issues with the phones. Hey, before we get started on some of the follow-up to what happened at WashU and some of the other things that are happening in England, I have to ask you, because I saw you tweet this out today, and I have the audio here, of an incident that happened when you were uh, basically assaulted by this guy up in Canada when you were protesting, right? Can you set this up for me? And I have about a minute clip that I'd like to play. I thought it was interesting. Sure. So over a week, I'd had a couple protests. And I hardly ever do this, but I went to a couple schools. I went to one school where this teacher was teaching crazy stuff to these kids, and the audio recording had been leaked to me. And then I went to this other area. I was just standing on a street where there were three schools, just to have conversations with parents. And this guy hops out of his car and starts to verbally abuse me, and then I'll let you play the Yeah, he, ke- he kept it calm at first, but here, wait for it. You don't have the consent of about 2,000 parents. And the only reason... You have come up from Toronto and specifically picked this place, according to your Twitter, is because there's three schools that you can trust your eyes to, right? No. You never had my consent. Okay. And what you're doing is leading to the moral degradation of my children okay. because of what your beliefs are. So here's how this is going to go. If you're here tomorrow, I'm having charges filed against you. For everyone. I would love it. I know you would, because yeah. the other option, I end up in jail, and at 53 with a clean record, and a like you, I'm okay with I either. get off, okay? I'm okay with either. You want to protest, you're welcome to your beliefs. Mm-hmm. Go to the school board, go in front of politicians. No, they don't listen. Yeah, but no. you don't corrupt my kids, you don't have my rights, you don't have my permission. Sir, that- yeah, there it goes. You know, call the police. Call the police. So what happened, by the way, in the aftermath? Did you call the cops after that? <laughs> yeah, the cops came. They arrested him. So he did go to jail. And when then we... the Crown Prosecutor, like, you, like your state prosecutor, we call them Crown Prosecutors up in Canada, they called me a month later and they were dismissing the charge. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. He's 53 and whatever. Well, yeah. what, so what was... What was his point about moral? You are the one responsible for the moral degradation. What was he even saying there, Chris? I don't know. I'm wearing a sign that says children cannot consent 
to puberty blockers, and I run into all sorts of crazy oh, people. Oh, okay, I got you. So he's another one who doesn't want me expressing my views, and it's not like I'm standing right in front of a school. I'm on a street, kind of in the middle of a bunch of schools, not even right in front of one, because I don't want to, you know, be too crazy. Right, right. It. But uh, I want to be respectful, but I also want to have conversations with parents and tell them what's going on in these yeah. schools, because they have no idea. No, well, they don't have any idea, and we, we, you know, we're finding we're finding that out here that some of this stuff, and there's some interconnections between what happened at Washington University with some of our local school districts as well, as you might imagine, and some of that is starting to emerge, and um, and get you know. I think, get out there. But I have to go back. Sue is with me this afternoon, who is part of the show. She was on vacation last week. And Sue, I have to point this out because I tweeted this out. When Chris was on the show last week, one of the questions I asked, he was down in uh, in Oklahoma and he was protesting some of the things that they were doing because the trans protesters were in the state house down in Oklahoma. And Chris, I asked you, and I'll just do it again. I said, I asked you, why, why do you care about this issue so much? And I loved your response. Your response was... If you remember, well, I'm a dad, and I've I'm a dad, and I've got two girls, and I see this as the greatest child abuse medical scandal in modern medicine history, and I refuse to live in a world that's trying to change the sex of kids. Yeah, it's yeah. just not going to happen. It's a good answer. It is. It's a great answer, and I don't know. I just kind of launched into this stuff about J.K. Rowling. Did you see that letter that the uh, trans activists wrote to the New York Times, basically begging them to not offer any other sides to the stories out there when it comes to that issue? Yeah. So. The rule of all trans activists is no conversation is ever allowed. You can't discuss this at all. Even discussing this in the most reasonable manner possible is deemed transphobia. Their only strategy is to cancel conversation because they know as soon as you have a conversation, this whole ideology just falls to pieces. Yeah. That's an appalling strategy, isn't it? That you can't possibly have a discussion about anything. It, how are we going to get forward with anything? Well, because, Chris, as you know, and, and I've pointed this out several times, I think, in the last week, that even if you take the um, some of the, I don't know how you can do this, but if you just look at the mental illness aspect of what happened at Washington University, and you look at the kids that came in that clearly didn't need to transition, and they just automatically hop them up on hormones. I, I said this a couple of days ago. If you are a truly a trans person or you think that, you know, you have dysphoria, you should be outraged by that because those are the kids that shouldn't be getting those drugs. So let's take the rest of it out of it just for a minute, and they're not even able to do that. It's horrifying. Right. So we have similar stories from all these gender clinics, and the biggest one in the world is called the Tavistock. It's in England. And this isn't exactly news, but there's a new book coming out, and that story was just written in The Telegraph yesterday. And it says the Tavistock Clinic ignored evidence that 97.5% of children seeking sex changes had autism, depression, or other problems that might have explained their unhappiness. One of the clinicians there, a social worker, estimated that as few as 1 in 50 who were treated at the clinic, so 2%, only 2% would have stayed transgender for life if they had not been given controversial drug therapy. But all these other kids are just collateral damage because of the few who they consider to be truly transgender. Now, what does that even mean? Gender dysphoria is a thing. Yes, it exists. We need to help these kids who are having distress. But you don't help a kid with mental distress by changing their body, by sterilizing them, by turning them into anorgasmic 
lifelong pharmaceutical patients. It's completely insane. You you brought that, I think you were the one that brought that up last week to me, uh, where you said if you are a, a male, I don't know, maybe this covers females too, but if you're a male uh, biologically and you transition and you do some of the things that they apparently do here at Wash U and they do at Tavistock, you, they'll never have an orgasm, right? Yeah, so that's not me saying that. That's the president of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, a trans woman, so a man, named Marcy Bowers, who has done 2,000 of these vaginoplasty surgeries. And Marcy Bowers is admitting on this Zoom call with other experts in the trans field that literally zero of the boys, none of them, who started on puberty blockers at Tanner stage two, so that's the technical term for the beginning of puberty, none of the boys as adults have had any sexual function. And then he starts spitballing about what do we do? Do we let some puberty happen? Do we delay puberty blockers? What do we do? They're just spitballing in real time about this process that's sterilizing kids and leaving them anorgasmic for life. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, that, but that it's is in their own words, right? So, what, in your opinion, we we've had a lot of um, you know fallout here in St. Louis. We have the Attorney General of Missouri now on this. By the way, I would argue, and Chris, you may agree with me, if you look at that. You blasted it out on Twitter. I, I retweeted you, I believe. If you look at the, the uh, affidavit that Jamie Reed did, there's information in there that wasn't in her original report that's pretty scary, too. Wasn't there some different information that you, you, know, that you saw in that? Yeah, it goes even into more detail, right. and it's even worse than the original article. I would agree because, with you. Yeah, it's just it's totally insane. You have the most mentally disturbed kids possible who are coming from the psychiatric unit the psychiatric unit in the hospital doesn't know what to do with them. So they send them over to the gender clinic where Jamie Reed speculates they were giving some of these drugs to the kids purposely to chemically castrate them. One boy was sexually abusing dogs. You know, another one identified as an attack helicopter. And these are kids from just terrible home lives where their parents are drug addicts and they've been abused for life. And in every single case, they just give these kids puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. They have to get a letter from a therapist first to do it. So they provide therapists who they know will rubber stamp it with the template to sign. And if a kid happens to come from some outside therapist who doesn't think this is the right process, they ignore that therapist and they send the child to an in-house psychologist or psychiatrist who will rubber stamp these drugs and hormones. We had the Attorney General Andrew Bailey had requested that Wash U, you know, cease these procedures at this point, and they refused. So they issued a statement a couple of days ago. They're, they're still moving forward. They do say that they're concerned, of course, as you know, they issued the statement. In your opinion, because you've gotten, obviously, and congratulations at the 100,000 follower mark, too, because I know your followers have grown considerably. What, what's your perception of the fallout of our situation here in St. Louis? Because it had a pretty big impact, didn't it? Yeah, it's had a huge, huge impact. And I'm in touch with the people who've been working with Jamie for months on this. So there's more to come. Yeah, well, but good. As long as she keeps fighting, this is what we've been waiting for, because all of these states who are trying to legislate this away, this always goes to a court fight. Arkansas and Alabama, their laws were immediately blocked by a federal judge, and now it goes to court. And the same thing is going to happen with all these states. And we need these insiders like Jamie Reed to testify. Otherwise, the judge just says, what are legislators doing telling doctors how to do their job? And they can throw out these bills. So this is a really monumental moment. And I want to stress one more thing. This is from England, but the same thing applies everywhere. Um, 25% of the kids who went to the gender clinic there had spent time in state care. And 10% of these children, where is it here? 
a huge percentage of these children had parents who were sex abusers, who had sexually assaulted them. So, again, these are just kids who are struggling. They're having a terrible time in life. They've got terrible parents, terrible home life, whatever. And now they go to the hospital, to this gender clinic, where instead of getting help, they're being harmed permanently for life. This is outrageous. We've got to put a stop to this whole thing. There's no such thing as a transgender child. They're called girls and boys. And if they want to transition as an adult, that's one thing. But transition is something you do. It's not something you are. And it should not be the first thing that's done. We don't do the most invasive procedure with people when they go to the hospital. These doctors swear an oath to first do no harm. They need to get back to practicing that oath. Chris Elson, keep on them. Thank you, Billboard. Chris, uh, I appreciate coming back on here and sorry about the confusion at the beginning. No problem. All right, take care. That's Chris Elston. Follow him on Twitter. He's all over this particular issue and is doing a great job. And he's kind of doing it on his own. And he's on a mission, and that mission is working, I think, which is great. Um, These questions about Bally Sports Midwest and its future, perhaps bankruptcy, what does that mean for you being able to watch the Cardinals? We'll talk about that next. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need to change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com kind of difficult to do a radio show with guests when you can't get guests on the phone because the phone system isn't working, but I think we're, uh, we're faced with that. We'll see if we get Patrick Risch from the Sports Business Program at WashU on the, uh, on the phone. I want to address, though, this kind of ties in with everything that Billboard Chris was talking about, and I've mentioned this guy before. He has been a guest at least once, and I think I'm going to try to get him back. So at the beginning, just to give you a little history here, at the beginning of the pandemic a couple of years ago, I started seeing on Real Clear Politics, which is one of the sites that I you know, hit on a regular basis, and Real Clear is awesome because you can see one piece on one topic and then the next piece will be the uh, the opposition or the alternative view oh, of that. Oh, wait a minute. That sounds like Balanced journalism, reporting? right? Balance. Yeah, so that's in- interesting in and of itself. But there's a guy by the name of Derek Thompson at The Atlantic that wrote 
a lot about the pandemic in the early days, and I kept trying to read his columns, and I meet the paywall. So then I had to subscribe to The Atlantic, which is a completely lefty publication for the most part. But I like Derek a lot, and, and he's very balanced in his, and he admits that he leans to the left, but it's fine because he admits it. But he wrote this piece, Sue, on the teenage um, anxiety crisis that we have right now, and a lot of it is with these kids who are LGBTQ. And I don't know how much that plays in. I think it plays in quite a bit to the trans issue as well. But the numbers are just horrifying. We've seen some national coverage of this, you know, with the research that's come out of the pandemic. But when you look into this and it it horrifies me because I have a daughter who's eight and you hope that when you get into the teenage years with isolation and it's just so different now. So I was going to go over that, but I think we have Patrick on the phone. But there's some interesting numbers in there that I want to dig into very, very soon. All right. So the story here is Patrick Rich. Do we have you on the line? And I certainly apologize for the confusion. No, you're good. Thank uh, you. How are you doing? Thank you for having me I'm, on. I appreciate I, it. I'm good. So I was, you know, I was out last night at an event, and people keep asking me questions. And Patrick, you've known me for a while. I don't know answers at all. So I thought we'd go to you. But this is about the Valley Sports Midwest thing. And here in the the, I think it was yesterday. I saw ESPN. Rob Manfred weighs in here, and the story that I had was Diamond Sports Group, and that's the company that owns Valley's 19 regional sports network. Um, they are going to skip the February interest payment, which is 140 million dollars, the interest only payment, and enter into a 30-day grace period that will lead likely to bankruptcy. So, Patrick Grish, what does all that mean? And for Cardinals fans, what are the potential implications here? Because that's what people are are wondering. Well, you know, ultimately, I think Major League Baseball, you know, look, baseball has already arguably slipped to the third most popular sport in this country behind football and now basketball overtaking baseball. So, you know, Major League Baseball is going to do everything they can to make sure that those people that consume Major League Baseball games on these regional nets, and there's a lot of games that take place on these regional nets, uh, are, are going to still be seen. So some of this may go over to Major League uh, MLB.com. Uh, broadcast, the Major League Baseball Network broadcast on air. Uh, you could see fewer blackouts to make sure that people that, you know, oftentimes if you are an MLB.com subscriber, uh, you are blacked out in your local market. They may uh, have some flexibility with that in the short term, but but expect Major League Baseball Network to step up. So just imagine, you know, to draw the analogy, obviously the NFL does not have local deals the way baseball does, but imagine if for some reason Fox uh, you know, and CBS went away or there was an issue, NFL Network would send their teams in and, and, and go in and step in for, for them. And I think that's basically what uh, Major League Baseball's plan is at this point. But then you would have to, they wouldn't, they wouldn't broadcast, the, uh, maybe I'm confused, but they wouldn't broadcast those games on the Bally Signal, right? It would be on their own format or platform. That's correct. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. So, you know, again, it's, it's uh, you know, look, it's a very interesting situation when you think about well, this whole, like, how do they get into this mess in the first place? It's not like they've owned these RSNs for that long. And, you know, when, when you know, Bally's, when Sinclair bought the RSNs, Sinclair was much smaller than the RSN. So they had to borrow a lot of money. Eight billion. Eight billion. Yeah. Eight billion. And that saddled, they settled most of the debt into the diamond subsidiary. And here's another issue is I think that, that Sinclair grossly underestimated, uh, I'm just, sorry, hold on a second. Uh, they grossly underestimated, grossly underestimated the revenue streams because of cord cutting, which to me oh, is yeah. just crazy that they did that. Uh, crazy that they underestimated that because everybody that's been following this industry 
knows that cord cutting has been going on. So um, a, a lot of misreads and a lot of misjudgments by the folks at Sinclair running the All show. Right, let's talk a little bit more big picture here, because for in the, where my mind goes is, wait a second, you know, these players are getting paid a lot of money because of the TV deals. And if you don't have the TV deal, what are the implications for the revenues for the teams? Well, you know, no question. Uh, that, is, that is a major concern. And again, Major League Baseball, I don't believe, is going to be in a position, though they may have reserves, I'm sure they have reserves, but I don't think Major League Baseball is going to come in and try to make each team whole. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, you know, I think it's going to be fascinating to see what they do going forward because clearly some markets are in better position than others. Uh, we're fortunate enough that the Cardinals are, are one of those markets. But nevertheless, um, you know, how much and how is baseball, Major League Baseball going to, uh, you know, try to make these teams whole as it relates to the, their, local me, their local media revenue share. So um, I think it's going to be fascinating and really an unprecedented situation that we're seeing right now in sports media. So the, the SPN line was interesting, sort of kind of piggybacking on what you just said here. Diamond Sports Group Unraveling could open up an opportunity for MLB to take control of its rights and potentially end blackouts once and for all, which has long been a central focus for the league. But going direct to consumer would not allow MLB to match the money it currently generates through the cable models. So this is tricky moving forward. It is tricky moving forward. You know, one other thing that I should mention is that one other, one other miscalculation is that the RSNs uh, were dropped, remember, by Dish, Sling, YouTube TV, and Hulu shortly after Sinclair's acquisition. So that just compounded the cord-cutting problem. So, again, a lot of things. That one, again, perhaps they should have known that that could have been coming down the line, and, and they just misanticipated. But I will say this. So you mentioned direct-to-consumer. So we got another sport that's starting in this town in weeks, <laughs> yeah. and that's Major League Soccer. And what did Major League Soccer do this offseason for them? They signed a massive deal with Apple TV. Is it possible that you could now have a window open up where someone comes in, whether it's Apple, whether it's Amazon, who just proved themselves uh, extremely well during the football season with Thursday Night Football, where they were getting rave reviews for the quality of their telecast? Is it possible that these come in and provide some, you know, some revenue streams if they have to? You know, a lot of people are looking forward to seeing what this Major League Soccer Apple TV deal does and the impact it has on the other sports leagues in terms of using the streaming service as a complementary piece. But in light of what's going on with the RSNs right yeah, now, that's maybe, some of, maybe these streaming companies come in and, and get involved much sooner. And by the way, that would solve one other issue. Baseball needs to get younger fans and younger fans stream. You're right about that, Patrick Rich. Thank you so much. This clears up a lot of the questions. We'll see what happens during this grace period and what happens um, as they sort of emerge toward bankruptcy or something else. But again, my apologies for kind of getting you on a little late because of our phone issues. But good information, Patrick Rich from WashU. Thank you. All right, take care. That's great. So I don't, you know, I don't know where this is going to take us. I do think there's going to be changes moving forward. But people mainly are are panicked because they don't think they're going to be able to watch the games. And I think what you heard from Rob Manfred is, is that the games are going to be on television. It's just a matter of where they're going to be. And then the question is, like, if you don't have Bally, um, I guess you can watch those. Sue, I don't know. How can I you don't. watch the game? So, so how do you watch the games? Then? I don't sometimes. Oh. And uh, then I have to search. Sometimes they're on and you uh, have to look it up on the Internet. It's confusing. Right. Well, I think it is confusing, especially as you get into maybe a Friday night and you come home, you tune on Bally and you're like, wait a second, What's that's not what we on? thought. Oh, yeah, that's right. This game is on Apple or this game right. is on Peacock. It really is confusing. Yeah, it's not going to get less confusing moving forward. Sue's News is coming up. 
Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.